0: This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by our brand new podcast, Talking Trek. That's right. Star Trek Discovery is coming soon, and we're proud to launch this very special companion podcast in May 2017. Join us every week as we examine and analyze every episode, character, story arc, and more from the brand new Star Trek series coming to CBS All Access this spring. For more information and to join our mailing list, please visit TalkingTrek.net. Hi, this is Nana Visitor, Major Kira Nerys from Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Gamma Quadrant, the Trek Geeks podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.
1: We'll show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and a 2017. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Trek Geeks Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. Happy New Year to you all. As we record this, it's New Year's Day. (laughs) And so I've got coffee. My illustrious co-host has coffee. And let's bring him in at this point. He's about as good on the microphone as Mariah Carey on New Year's Eve. He is the train wreck known as
0: Dan Davidson. Dan, all aboard, buddy! Woo-hoo! <laughs> that's not a good comparison whatsoever. <laughs> it's a train wreck lately. But that, thank you. Happy New Year. Awesome to be here, as always, in person. So maybe not as awesome, but that's okay. It's not as awesome for me. I can tell you that yeah, right off well, the bat. F- the feeling is mutual. Yeah, I feel nauseous. Uh, it's all right. Well, it's going to get worse as we go along. Yeah, 2017, Episode 88, No More Star Trek 50. No more Star Trek 50. GNG thirty. TNG
1: thirty. It's uh it's a year where we get the thirtieth anniversary of Next Gen, we get Star Trek Discovery, we get who knows what? Lots of good stuff. Lots of great stuff. Vegas. Uh Vegas is uh two hundred and twenty something days months. away. <laughs> Eight uh, months, three days. I, I uh, two hundred and fourteen days. There you go. Not that I have a countdown on my phone or anything. No, not no, no. <laughs> uh, Dan, if you would, why don't you regale the folks in our audience? I know, right? I'm regaling. You're regaling. You are a regaler. I'm not doing it as Mariah Carey, though. (laughs) Well, if if you were, that would mean you're lip syncing and not doing it well. (laughs) (laughs) But unlike her, you can hit the high notes. So why don't you uh, roll your mellifluous tones into the contact info?
0: All right. Yes, as always, on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, our handle is TrekGeeks. And wait for it. You can send us an email at podcast at trekgeeks.com. little new email address there. I say that sounds different, Dan. Yeah, there you go. See, we're always, you know, mixing it up, making sure people are listening. So, yes, uh, podcast at trekgeeks.com. You can also call us at 508-784-1701. And even leave us a voicemail online at speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. Uh, Also, as you all may know by now, we have our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. A lot of good discussion going on, uh, a lot of uh, fun Trek discussion as always, new people coming in daily it seems. And uh, Bill, I think you know that as a member of Camp Kittimer, people get early access to this here podcast. Say what? <laughs> yes, I know, Mariah Carey! Anyway, so uh, yeah, to join the group, just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. We'll let you right in. And uh, just please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in these places... Maybe used in a future episode, Bill, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, high E leaves a
1: little to be desired. I think you got to work on your tonal quality there. But other than that, well done, buddy. Thank you. Dan, we'd be remiss this week if we didn't acknowledge a huge development in the sci-fi universe. And I'm speaking, of course, of the passing of Star Wars actress and noted script doctor and author and producer, Carrie Fisher.
0: Yeah, this week, we're not just Star Trek fans. We're sci-fi fans. And it was a, uh, it was a shocking story that developed that Friday, I believe that, uh, she suffered uh, a heart attack while on final approach to LAX. And, and Christmas Day, I believe her mother, Debbie Reynolds, who unfortunately passed away the day after Carrie, yeah. tweeted out that Carrie was in stable condition, but still in ICU. And then bam. That news that she passed away, just I think it hit everybody like a sledgehammer.
1: You know, it's its really weird because it's like a piece of our, our childhood being Absolutely. sort of ripped away from us. Yep. You know, it was so sudden and so, you know, out of the blue that I don't think that a lot of people our age quite knew how to process it. Yeah. Obviously, she'd had various challenges over the years with, you know, um, uh, her, her mental health and yep. also with addiction. But I think that in the last probably 10 years or so, she'd become a, a much much bigger advocate for you know getting clean and staying clean and also for improving mental health in this country
0: absolutely she was hysterical to read on Twitter, she was sassy uh, she engaged with her fans. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the Star Wars came out when we were just kids and and uh, we grew up with a new hope and Empire and Return of the Jedi. Uh, for those of you who have not seen Rogue One, I won't give any spoilers away, but there is a wonderful moment in that movie that I think any fan of Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia will really appreciate. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, she will be missed. The entire, uh, uh, sci fi world certainly is in mourning. There's been a lot of Star Trek people that have been posting uh, about Carrie. Uh, uh, such a tragic, uh, end. Uh, too short, only 60 years old. Way
1: too short. You know, that that's young these days. Yes, it is. So, you know, we can only hope that, you know, her family is able to find some peace in all of this. Um, she no longer has to battle those demons, whether they are, her own mental health, or whether the constant struggle with with addiction and 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 not falling prey to it. So, um, our sincere condolences to them, and hopefully, may the force be with us all. Dan, it's time for the first TrekNews.net news in
0: 2017.
1: <laughs> wow, it's a good thing that we do this live. I know it's great. I did an upper. That was um, <laughs> that's that's my Mariah Carey impersonation. <laughs> <of the news. laughs> that track went all the way to number one. Um, it's time for the news, of course, from our good friends at TrekNews.net online. You may not know this at so treknews.net. Dot net. Dot net. I don't want there to be any confusion out there. Dan, up first, you know, whenever you and I take a holiday break, <laughs> there's always some major news development. Yes. I say always. the second time we've done it. Wow. Um, last year, the Axonar lawsuit dropped. Yes, it did. Still this, going. Still going. <laughs> this year... Star Trek Discovery got its series lead
0: like the day after we went on vacation. Yeah. And it was awesome news. I got to say, um, I am, this is the one we were thrilled with Doug Jones and we were thrilled with Anthony Rapp and everybody we've been pretty excited about. Yeah. This one blew my mind because I'm a Walking Dead fan. I like the show. Uh, Sonequa Martin Green, who plays Sasha on Walking Dead, has been cast as the lead. For Star Trek Discovery, this is huge news. She will not be a captain. There has already been discussion that the lead of the series is not going to be a captain like in other Star Trek shows. Right. Um, she is going to be a lieutenant commander on the USS Discovery uh, when it launches on CBS All Access next spring. Um, they have also discussed the fact that, uh, no spoilers here for people who have not caught up on Walking Dead, she will be on Walking Dead at the same time, at least to start. Uh, so uh, we can look forward to seeing her in May and I am ecstatic about this casting.
1: I I don't think they could have made a better choice. You know, she has been fantastic on The Walking Dead. She had a much smaller part on The Good Wife on CBS, um, which she was great in. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I think they've really found an actress they can they can put the weight of this series on. It's great. I
0: I'm very excited. I can't wait for Matt. Yeah, it's gonna be great. First episode of course will be on CBS and then it'll move to CBS All Access. That's very true, Dan.
1: <laughs> and, of course, our second podcast, our Star Trek Discovery companion, Talking yeah. Trek, will debut at the very same time.
0: Oh, that's right. I better get started on that, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's not like it's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, let's yeah. put it off. Okay. Dan, up <laughs> next in the news, it looks like... TNG is going to enter the Mirror Universe. Yeah,
0: Picard's been working out. He's, <laughs> he's always had guns though. Come on. Yes. Um, the Mirror Universe, uh, Mirror Broken is going to be the new miniseries that is going to launch, uh, from IDW Publishing, uh, little, uh, TNG Mirror Universe action going. This came out a couple weeks also while we were on a holiday break a couple weeks ago. Uh, the cover of the first issue has been, um, shown on TrekNews.net, and it shows Picard in his sleeveless tunic with guns bigger than your head. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. I have a large melon. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, also, Data behind him as a Borg, half Borg at least, and uh, quite a sultry-looking Deanna standing, uh standing behind the captain. So uh, you know how I feel about the Mirror Universe. So I think it's pretty safe to say that this will be added to my digital comic book collection on free comic book day on May 6th.
1: You might actually have to drag yourself down to your local comic book store <laughs> on free comic book day and pick that bad boy up in print form. It
0: looks pretty good. It I'm does look exciting. pretty
1: good. Yep. That, uh, the
0: artwork on the covers is, is amazing, I it have is. to admit. It is good. And Picard with a goatee also is pretty nice. So, yeah, check it out, folks. May 6th. Put it in your Starfleet calendar. May is going to be a pretty big month in the Star Trek universe. What else is going on in May? (laughs) Uh, Nothing.
1: (laughs) And then lastly in news this week, one of our favorite and most endeared people in the Star
0: Trek universe
1: had a big birthday this week.
0: 84 years young, the wonderful, beautiful, and talented Nichelle Nichols, Lieutenant Ahura, turned 84. And uh, we are thrilled that she has been part of this uh, Star Trek universe for 50 years she is such a wonderful person at conventions and she's always uh, willing to sit and talk with folks. All of her interviews are always great. And uh, 84 years young, it's, it's really amazing when you think of it, how the cast of the original series is really getting up there in age. Those that are still with us.
1: They, they really are. You know, when we were younger, we used to think of, you know, these people sort of trapped in, in that moment in time and in, in the original series. And now if you look at Nichelle, she's just as amazing and wonderful as she was back then. You know, we loved her then. We adore her now.
0: And I can only hope it was the happiest of birthdays. She's yes. an absolute treasure. She is absolute treasure. Um, as everybody knows, back in the 60s, she broke down a lot of those racial stereotypes by uh, being cast as a horror. Um, she um, continues to inspire generations of fans. And she actually wasn't going to do the show. As everybody knows, or most people know, she was not going to stay on board. But it was Dr. Martin Luther King who said, do it. She did it. She made history. And we're all the better for it. Indeed.
1: Dan, as you know, a couple weeks ago, we ran a poll in our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. We did? We did. <laughs> we did. I, I don't I don't think you, neither of us voted in no, it. No, we couldn't vote in it, Now We wanted to sort of get the pulse of what, you know, people in the group thought of were the biggest stories of 2016, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to look at today, sort of the year in review, as it were, because a lot
0: happened in 2016. There was a lot of stuff going on in 2016. It was a great year. Um, you want to go from the bottom up on what we had in there for polls? Because in the poll we had a few things that you had initially listed, and we said for people to please put in whatever they thought was big in 2016. So there's not just our selections in there; there's some other ones in there as well that people added themselves.
1: Let me run through the uh, the bottom five. All right, and then we'll take the rest of them and, and go in reverse order from there. How's that? Excellent. So the uh, we I put out like you said a series of options. People added some others. So, here were the bottom five vote-getters, and this is by no means is an indicator of what we think about those stories. We wanted to get the opinions of people who listen to the podcast and and people who participate in Camp Kittimer. Yes. So, um, coming in at the bottom was the Roddenberry Vault. Yes. As a news story. Which you got. Which I did get for Christmas, and
0: I love. I haven't gotten it. I am. But I ordered it yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Will it be at your house by today? It'll be there when I get home on Wednesday. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Yes. Yes. the
1: next one up from there is uh, two new Star Trek Continues episodes. Excellent. Which I thought was very big this year. Yes. Like, for reasons we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing quality Star Trek, great stories. We were there for two of those shooting days. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> and it was kind of neat to see that sort of come to life. Yep. You know, at least the parts that we were there for. Because right. we didn't
0: know the rest of it. Exactly. We only had a certain we, – we were there – we were lucky. We were there for the bridge shooting those both days. I
1: know. And that's yeah. That was like a dream come true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a bu- getting as many votes as that was STLV50. Mm-hmm. That surprised me. Which, uh, yeah, that surprised me too. But I think it's, maybe it's because there wasn't a whole lot new at STLV50. True. It was a great time. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like there was, you know, announcements or anything to do with Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, really. Um, I, no I think way. maybe if some of that had happened, it would have ranked a little yep. higher. Agreed. Um, beating that out just by a bit was Fan Film Guidelines from CBS. Mm-hmm. Which are tied to one of our larger stories. Yes, it is. Um, Star Trek Horizon. Yes. Which was phenomenal. Tommy did such a great job with that. He did. Those are the bottom five. Okay. Uh, We're going to throw in as an honorable mention the For the Love of Spock documentary, Mm -hmm. which you finally saw. Yes. And I saw. Yep. And you liked more than I did. I I liked, but I didn't love. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Adam did a great job. Don't get me wrong. Yes, he did. And it was such a wonderful look at his dad from... You know, perspective that we don't normally get. I agree
0: with that. It was, I was looking for a little bit more Leonard, to be honest with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I was too. It, I, You know, it turned out to be a
1: little bit more of Leonard and Adam, which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's what any of us in, figured
0: was going to happen right. from the get-go. Right. I have a feeling that, and again, Adam did a fantastic job and we love what he has done. I have a feeling that Roddenberry Vault is going to blow me away. <laughs> I have a feeling you're right just watching the <laughs> documentary pieces. Yeah, okay. You're going to
1: be like, what? <laughs> so let's get into our bigger stories and I'm going to start with the number five as voted by the folks in Camp Kittimer. The Kittimerites. The, the campers. Okay. <laughs> Much easier to say. I know, but it's fun. Because we know how challenged <laughs> you are with the English language. Uh, <laughs> okay, the campies. Camp, <laughs> See? that's <laughs> Just drink your coffee. <laughs> drink your coffee. Coming in at number five, The casting news for Star Trek Discovery, and I have to agree that's a huge story this year. Yes. You figure in the last several weeks, the last month or so, we've seen seven or eight people announced for the series, including Sonequa Martin-Green, which we talked about most recently. Mm -hmm. But um, you did mention we were excited. What aspects of the casting excited you the most?
0: I think Doug Jones the casting of Doug Jones yeah. was the one that really I was like oh my god love him in hellboy um he's been in so many uh pan's labyrinth i yep. mean he's he's known for his creature uh characters strain. i guess the strain yes the strain um so uh, Doug Jones was the one that i really was excited about before Doug Jones Michelle Yeoh was cast she's going to be the captain of the Xin I believe, is the starship. Uh, so that was the first official casting that we had come out this year for Discovery. Uh, we also had An- Anthony Rapp uh, was announced. And I got to tell you, he is so awesome to watch on Twitter. If you haven't uh, followed him on Twitter, follow him. He's watching the entire Star Trek collection. In preparation for being on Discovery, and uh, it's pretty cool what he's tweeting about. I think he's cherry-picking
1: episodes right now. Yes, but he'll be getting to everything. <laughs> Sorry, I hit the, the table. Um, I thought you hit me. No, I, I want to hit you. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. But, uh, you know, Anthony also has a baseball podcast. I did not know that. He does. He's It's called, uh, I think it's called The Clubhouse. Okay. And uh yesterday I tweeted to him that he should watch Take Me Out to the Hollow Suites.
0: I saw that tweet.
1: Okay. That's what that's in reference to. Yeah, because it's just such a great episode. Mm And being a huge baseball fan, I think he'd absolutely love it. Cool. I think the thing I liked the most about the Discovery casting is that right up front, we've got
0: three Klingons announced off the bat. Yes. And it's not like they're announced as guest stars. It seems like they're gonna be regulars. Mm -hmm. There's been no there's been no discussion of what is going to be happening in Discovery, this arc for the first season. We don't know. But we know that we're gonna have Klingons. Uh Shazid Latif. And Chris Obi and Mary Chifo or Chifo. I'm not think sure how to put it sure. um, Three Klingons, female Klingon as as a major character, which I think is fantastic. Um, very excited about all of this. Knowing that there's going to be a large Klingon arc I think is very exciting, even though we don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, with uh, Mr. Fuller's departure. Um, maybe we'll get some information as the show unfolds of maybe what he was thinking. If it goes a different route, we'll see. But um, that's a lot of cast members uh, over the last several weeks announced. They start filming this month because it is January now. It is January. Yeah. And that's so amazing to me. It's like,
1: oh, my God. So you figure set pictures. Somebody's going to have They're some of those at somewhere. some point. I imagine CBS is going to put some of them out there Official. on social media. It's the first Star Trek
0: series we've had in the
1: advent of social media.
0: That's right. Enterprise was not, it was already gone by the time it really took off social media. Facebook was still in its infancy. Yeah. You know, so I have a feeling that that's going to be
1: really exciting. I, um, I, I I wish it were, I wish it were May already. I know. I don't know.
0: I don't, I I got a lot of work to do for the podcast. (laughs) So I think we both
1: do, but I, um, I think that, I think it's going to be great with the people they have brought on board already. Plus you look at the people behind the camera. Mm. You know, I I think that this has all of the the makings of
0: the next great Star Trek series. And I'm looking forward to the positive reaction of things as stuff comes out, which has not always been the case with Discovery so far this year. These announcements of cast has finally started turning the tide, so to speak, to positive reaction, especially on Twitter and Facebook. And I hope that continues. There's no reason to bash the hell out of it before it even... (laughs) Dan,
1: the the next story, uh, number four, as voted on by the campers in Camp Kittimer, unfortunately it was the passing of Anton Yelchin this past summer before the premiere of Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, you know, I th- this is one that you know th- that kind of hit us both really hard because we figured he was the youngest cast member of Beyond, mm-hmm. we never certainly never expected. Anything tragic like this to happen.
0: And such a freak accident too. Yeah. Um, it just totally caught everybody by surprise right before the premiere. Um, and it made watching his scenes in Beyond, which were great, really difficult to watch at times, especially at the end when Kirk talks about, uh, Past friends or absent a, friends, absent friends, and the camera immediately went to Anton. And I don't think that was done after the fact. That was just a coincidence, I believe. That's very possible. Yeah, um, it was really, really, really sad. And we had done the, we had done the Leonard Nimoy memorial as one of our first podcasts. It was a very difficult one to do, but it was, it was one of our favorites. And this one was was really tough as well. It was, uh, it was, it was a sad day.
1: Yeah, it it really was. You know, it's it's funny to to go back and watch Beyond Now. And see that sort of interaction between Kirk and Chekhov. Those great scenes. Um, they really were. You know, I I appreciated the way they put those two characters mm-hmm. together in the film. Because Chekhov is still, he's older, you know, now in the arc, but he's, he's still young. He's right. still learning a lot. And he learns a lot from Kirk in this particular film. He does. It will be sad that we won't have Chekhov anymore in the J.J. Verse films, sorry, mm-hmm. the Kelvin timeline. Um, I, I'm interested to see how they deal with his leaving the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he goes to the Reliant, Reliant first yeah. or maybe yeah. another
0: ship. Yeah. but I, you know, I I'm kind of glad they're not recasting the role. I am as well. I think what you you touched on a moment ago. I thought that uh, those interactions with Kirk and Chekhov and beyond were fantastic. As a matter of fact, I am of strong belief that if it wasn't for Chekhov being there, Kirk would have killed. The The girl who betrayed the Enterprise, the alien yeah. woman, I think he would have killed her. Um, and I think it was Chekhov who stopped him from doing that. So he helped Kirk a little bit. Um, I We've talked about this a little bit. I'm very glad that they're not going to recast Chekhov. I'm hoping they bring somebody in like Anorex to take his position. That would be kind of interesting. <laughs> <I>, it's <laughs> w- the special effects part of it. will would be <laughs> kind of cool. W- I need a third, mar- third arm coming out of my chest. <laughs> it, it will be, but I, I almost can't see them doing it <laughs> because – That
1: almost makes the animated series canon. (laughs) And as we know, and as Jim Morehouse agrees... Jim Morehouse. It's not. Please. Jim Morehouse. Jim Morehouse knows more about Star Trek than you'll ever know, Mr. (laughs) I know,
0: and I hate that.
1: (laughs) Well, Dan, uh, at the number three spot, and this is a story that we poke a lot of fun at now, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe as a coping mechanism, I'm not entirely sure. Um, The... The campers in Camp Kittimer named the Axonar lawsuit slash debacle as the third biggest Star Trek story of the year.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a year. It's been a year. It's, it's been a year. And it is, oh, it just gets me so pissed off when I think about it now. It just really does. Well, I mean, let's
1: let's look at the facts. Yes. A small percentage of Star Trek fans care about fan films. Yes. A small percentage of Star Trek fans even know about fan Mm -hmm. films. So we know going into it that it's not a topic that everybody has a vested interest in. Agreed. You know, it's we'll never know what Axanar could have been or would be because it's never going to be made. Because as we discovered a few weeks ago in the unredacted documents... The money is gone. Gone. Zip left. Zero. $1.4 million dollars mm-hmm. donated by Star Trek fans either through crowdfunding campaigns or purchased merchandise, which is another problem. Gone. Evaporated. With only four minutes of a green screen walk and talk
0: filmed outside to show for it. That's right. It's, uh, it's mind boggling to even think of all of the different parts of this mess um i'm i'm just like for the last week or so i've been like why hasn't a judgment come down this is no pay attention to the dates because i know
1: that those are subject to change Mm -hmm. but i also know that you know with the documents that seem to be coming out on a weekly basis it appears that it can't be looking good for axonar i have a feeling that even a, a, a portion of CBS's motion for summary judgment will be granted on yes. some level. I think there's a hearing coming up the 19th. I could have that wrong, but please don't quote me. Okay. Um, but I have to believe that CBS will get part of what they want then. Yes. And, you know, at some point, Alec Peters has to face a donor base and tell them, uh, yeah, there's no money. Right. However, he tries to spin it, whether it's counted. No, I don't think he will, too, because I don't think he has the courage to do that. But at some point, everybody's going to come to the realization and stop defending the guy and realize that Mm Axelor is not going to be made.
0: That's one of the things I think that is is most aggravating about the situation. And it is because of social media, which we talked about a few minutes ago. It doesn't matter what side of this you were on, I am so sick of the spin the spin is nauseating and yes. and i have to say on the axenar side mm-hmm. there's there's only so many ways you can look like a fool by continuing to say that these things are really for our benefit and this this decision and and these details and these unredacted statements are actually good they're not they're not they show how horrible the situation was and is and I just I w- I'm I'm ready for a decision, just so that will stop. You know, the first
1: rule of when you're in a hole, stop digging. Oh God, stop digging. <laughs> I mean, you and I know that we're not even PR people. Yeah, you know, we're just we're husbands, <laughs> <laughs> and we know that when you're in a hole, you just stop digging the hole deeper. Yep. And I don't think they can help themselves at this point. Or I I don't think that the principal
0: in this case can help himself. Right. It's amazing to me that they don't have a group of people locking him in a bunker somewhere so that he will not continue to do what he does. You mean like lawyers? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's not the one I call (laughs) him.
1: So (laughs) let's talk about some of the fallout from this case. Hmm. So we mentioned earlier that one of the the other – Stories rated as a big story and in the bottom five were the fan film guidelines. Yes, we haven't seen many fan films come out since then. Obviously, continues had two episodes already produced before the guidelines were dropped. Right.
0: Um, Now, with some time since the guidelines have been announced, what is your view of them? We've seen. Well, first of all, I'm going to say that this is something that I do not agree with what CBS has said and this is my own personal opinion i don't have anything to back this up just me thinking this i think the fan film guidelines were a direct outcome of the lawsuit whether they had been sitting on a shelf for a while and they decided not to do anything or not i don't know but they came out during this lawsuit i think it's a direct relation to the lawsuit that's my own personal belief that being said we have seen fallout from these guidelines already Star Trek Renegades is no longer Star Trek Renegades. It's just Renegades. Right. They've removed any reference to Star Trek. All the uniforms are no longer Starfleet. They have still Star Trek cast in there, but they're not the Star Trek characters. They're just those actors and actresses. So that's one. Uh, there's been a couple that have uh, fan productions that have shut down, and they will not continue. Um, so there has been Fallout, and it's going to be interesting to see how much more there's going to be. I do, too. I
1: mean, going back to Renegades for a second, you know, they've even taken away Chekhov's name. They don't even give his character a name anymore. He's the Admiral. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I not that Ren- we were all that excited about Renegades. but no. <laughs> You figure Tommy Craft's Federation Rising essentially is halted. Yes. Um, uh, a series of all the other smaller fan productions have halted. Mm-hmm. Um uh, there's there's a couple that have been retooled so as to remove all the Star Trek elements, and I'm fine with that. But personally, I, I guess I don't have a problem with the guidelines.
0: I don't know that they're bad. I don't know if they're bad. I just know in my heart that they're re- they're, they would not have come out the way they came out right. if it was not for the lawsuit that's going on. I can only hope that and let me – I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. go ahead. Let me let me say, if not for the lawsuit going on and not for the way that the defendants have been dealing with this. Yes. If they were dealing with it in a different way, I think this whole thing would be much different. But the principle is who he is and it's not going to let it go. I think that instead of
1: blaming CBS and Paramount, if he had just come out and said, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Yep. We'll make changes. You know, I think that we would have seen a much different climate. Mm-hmm. I don't think there would have been fan film guidelines. I – exactly. Like I said, it's directly tied to this. Well, that's why we call them the action rules and that's why we named that episode mm-hmm. the action rules because as much as CBS wants to say they're not, they really kind of are. Yeah. And that may not have been their intention but it's kind of hard to separate the two especially when they came out during this whole process. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It'll so, be interesting to see – once the lawsuit is over, what happens with those guidelines? Because I'm of the mind that they may not be forever linked to Star Trek.com, so to speak. Well, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, they've said
1: that they're guidelines. They're not rules or laws. Yeah. This is what you can do to avoid getting a call from mm-hmm. their lawyers. That doesn't mean the lawyers are going to call.
0: Right. That's you true. Know?
1: That's absolutely As true. As with any IP holder, they can choose to selectively enforce Yep. You know, whatever they they set forth. Regardless of what some people may say. That's right. Regardless (laughs) of what anyone says. um, I'm sure it will lead to some creativity. I hope it does. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have already been a couple of shorter films out there that Mm -hmm. I think have been probably not too bad. It's shown some great love of Star Trek. And I think that that's really what's at the core of all of this. That's true. That's what's at the core of most fan films and not the desire to build your own business. Right exactly like someone may have allegedly done allegedly. allegedly
0: and and I'll tell you the other thing that I am tired of hearing is comparison of these guidelines to Star Wars fam, f- fan films it is so it's yeah. so infuriatingly funny tr- listening to someone try to make this comparison mm-hmm. <laughs> the Star Wars ones are far more stringent exactly and they're just for the contest yes people don't seem to understand that certain people anyway
1: yeah well no oh, that's their problem that's true <laughs> Well, let's move on from uh Axanar and talk about the second biggest story as voted by Camp Kittimer. Mm-hmm. And that is, favorite. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you love to hear this, Star Trek Beyond. Yes.
0: We finally got the Star Trek movie in the Kelvin timeline that we've been waiting for.
1: You know, that's that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I saw somebody comment online in Camp Kittimer that um, it's nice that, Star, Star Trek finally has better movies than Star Wars. <laughs> <And> <laughs> comparing um, Beyond to Rogue One, which I've not yet seen. Yep, um, Rogue One, that is, I haven't seen. Yes. and Rogue Force Awakens. I've saw Force Awakens. Yes, I know you did. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> but I did see it. Yes. Um, I'll go see Rogue One one of these days, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's. I was more excited about that than I was. But you were very excited about yet, it. Yet we digress. That's all right. Star Trek Beyond arguably... One of the biggest stories of the year, like you said, it gave us the film we finally wanted. Mm-hmm. You've probably gone back and watched it at least a couple of times since it's come out on home video. I've probably seen
0: it about 10 times. Okay. No, yeah. Does it still hold up for you? Yeah, it does. It really does. What What's interesting to me is that it was, quote unquote, disappointing at the box office in terms of numbers, even though it made like $300 million or something, whatever. But with that being said, I really enjoy it. It is finally a Star Trek episode on the big screen. Yeah. I really like that. There are some parts that are a little, you know, the very beginning with those little things, the little creatures. I thought that was hilarious. It's hilarious, but it it was also, if somebody's going to see this movie expecting, you know, this is going to be the movie, that first scene might turn them off a little bit, I thought. But I thought it was a riot.
1: Yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, in Kirk's monologue or his captain's log during Mm -hmm. that that section after the the initial opening of the movie. I got the coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about how their mission has become somewhat episodic. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a nice nod to the original series. Yep. You know, the original series had some of those lighter moments. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this was a great way to translate that for this generation yes. and the big screen. I thought that that scene was just so well done. I, I love a good sight gag as mm-hmm. much as the next guy. <laughs> and then when you realize that those things are, as Scotty would say, very wee. <laughs> <laughs> that uh that I I thought it was just a great open to the movie, especially when the last one was just so serious.
0: Yes. Dark.
1: Dark oh Death. very dark. Yeah. Very dark. I thought that it it did what some of the Star Trek films do when they provide some of these lighter mm-hmm. moments. You know, like McCoy in the bar in Star Trek three trying to charter a, a
0: spacecraft. Yes. yes. Great scene and a very serious movie. And I think of this scene the same okay. way. That's a good way to look at it. I don't know if I've looked at it. I looked at it as this is the first scene. It's even before the, the Kirk's uh uh captain's log. Right. Um so it's like, but it's great movie. Ed Edris Elba is fantastic. The only thing I didn't like about him is that you don't get to see him until the very end. The very end he's got really. so much makeup on and he's such a good actor, and his, his facial expressions and other films that he's done with his acting have been great. But uh it was good character development. Um I I love Beyond. I, I really do. I do too. Um, I, I know that there's been a couple things that we talked about when we did our review that I'm like, ah, I can't remember them right now. Um, but, um, there's always little quirks in movies as you watch it more, you'll pick up on, but it's just great. The special effects, I gotta say, the, the, this, this world we live in today, the special effects in movies are just phenomenal. I love what they do with the Enterprise, the, the Enterprise destruction scene, uh, again, in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> which I always point out. Again. is still fantastic. Um, it's great. It's good. It's a good movie. It's a, it's got everything. It's got drama. It's got action. It's got humor. It's got special effects, uh, and as my sister would say, it's got Chris Pine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also got what the last Star Trek movie in the Kelvin timeline didn't have. It's got heart. Yes, Into in Darkness, big action movie. You know, it, it, in my mind, it didn't hold up as well as some of the other ones, but. It, this movie has at its core a very human story mm-hmm. and something that draws all of these characters together and and, and bonds them. Yes. And and binds them. Yeah. But I, I think that that's probably the thing that separates it or makes it the most like 2009 is that it's got heart. It does. You care about what happens to these people. Yeah, it's a bummer to see the Enterprise go down because, you know. It, it's, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's going to happen. It seems that it happens in the third Star Trek movie now a lot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I I look forward to see what happens in four, especially since they're going to bring Chris Hemsworth back as George – theoretically as George Kirk. Yes. Um, Do they merge the timelines back together? Is there some sort of temporal event? Yeah. You know, do they go back in time like Star Trek 4 does, albeit to a different place? Yes. Because those movies have sort of mirrored each other to some extent. Yep. You know, the first movie, New Enterprise. Second movie, Khan.
0: Third movie, Destruction of the Enterprise.
1: <laughs> Will the fourth movie have some sort of time travel? W-
0: and whales. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it might need some other threat. Exactly. Um, I'll tell you, one of the things that I liked about Beyond, which wasn't done well in, in A Darkness, was continuity references. Makos, the yeah. Enterprise, uh, NX-01 timeline, and, yep. and the soldiers, and and I thought that was great. Now, we're in a different timeline, but yes. they still brought it in. I thought that was very well done. I think uh, the writing was, was very well done, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, it continues because there are rumors that he's going to be writing the next one as well.
1: Yeah, I saw some of those photos on social Simon media. And the, Simon
0: and Doug. Yeah
1: working, looking like they're writing on something with the little bad robot yep. in front of them. I'm like, Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that could be really yes. good. Yeah. The other thing I liked about beyond Jayla. Yeah. I, I, I incredibly I'm gonna, strong right, character, very strong character. And I'm going to say if anybody from bad robot or Simon or anybody ever hears this, make sure she is in the next movie. Do yeah. not, do not just let her go. That was a great character. Um, and I want to see more of Jayla. I'm what are your hopes for the Enterprise A? Spoiler alert. Yeah. There's well, an Enterprise A. And I, and I will say, I, I don't know if I... What did you feel about how the Enterprise A was introduced at the end of Beyond? I thought it was okay. It was a little quirky. Well, no, I didn't think it was quirky.
1: I thought it was... Too fast? Well, especially... The, well, you mean a time lapse? <laughs> yeah. I thought the time lapse was neat. You know, it was a great way to resolve that that piece of it. Because yes. obviously, they're stuck on New Yorktown. They need some kind of ship to continue mm-hmm. their five-year mission. I thought it was convenient. It was built at Yorktown. Yes. Maybe it was a situation like where at the end of Star Trek, uh, four they got a new ship mm-hmm. essentially it was rechristened yes. allegedly.
0: Yes. Maybe that's the case. Well, the, but, well. Remember, the commander for the Yorktown said that the starship that was in there being built right now is going to be the most powerful starship they had in the fleet. Right. And they just decided to name it Enterprise. Right.
1: I can only hope that they abandoned some of the choices that were made in the first couple of Star Trek movies especially with regards to engineering. And I'm speaking <laughs> – the Budweiser plant? Yeah, the beer tanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like beer as much as the next beer drinker, but um, – And maybe they make it a little more
0: spaceshipy. Yes. To create yes. an adjective. And I hope they don't bring New Yorktown back. <laughs> and
1: I hope that some of the design choices look a little bit more like Star Trek. Yes. You know, some people called the, the 2009, you know, introduction of the Enterprise uh, an Apple store. Because it was so white and stark. And the bridge especially. Yes. And I hope they add some more contrast. Mm-hmm. I hope they make it a little more familiar. And I probably won't get that. But I just that's just kind of what I hope for for the okay. eye. I like that idea. Okay. okay. Good, good. Well, Dan, it's time to talk about the number one story of the year as voted by Camp Kettimer. By far. By far. By a lot. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> like a lot. And uh, that is, of course... The 50th anniversary of Star Trek. You're wearing your Roddenberry 50th anniversary pin on your lapel, even though we're no longer in the 50th anniversary year. Yeah. Newsflash! Um, Newsflash! <laughs> news um, so much to talk about with the 50th anniversary. It was, it was awesome. It was as
0: fans. There's so much more that could have been done, though. Exactly, and we'll we'll get to a specific part of that in a few minutes, I think. But there was so much from the from the beginning of the year. For me, as a fan, I was looking forward to the most, I think, is to see the different types of merchandise that was going to be available. And I said to myself at the beginning of the year, I'm going to be a good boy. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to spend all my <laughs> quat lose." Eh, nope, wrong. <laughs> Lots of great stuff. A lot of great merchandise came out for the 50th anniversary. I loved the 50th anniversary logo. I thought that was wonderful. I really am looking forward to see what they do for the 30th anniversary logo for TNG. I hope they do the exact same thing with a TNG communicator in 30 instead of 50 for the TOS. But we'll get to that later on. But I love the merchandise. Uh, got a lot of stuff. Uh, you got a lot of stuff. We did. We got a lot of stuff. And um, on a selfish note, the 50th anniversary made for us a wonderful opportunity for podcasting. It did. It, it was absolutely so did. great. Yeah.
1: It absolutely did. You know, all year long, you know, we got to incorporate that 50th anniversary Delta into the mm-hmm. Trek Geeks logo. Yep. It was on every album cover that you produced because you do all of our album covers and you do a fantastic job. Thanks, man. And it was a little weird this week to go back to the standard Starfleet Delta. <laughs> I know. I'm, don't get me wrong. It's still awesome. <laughs> yes. But for an entire year, yeah. the first full year <laughs> of our podcast, really, if you think about it. Right. We had a logo that had the 50th in there, yep. and it was awesome. Yeah. So I can only hope that, you know, something changes with that. hmm But it was a great opportunity for us. We got exposed to so much more. Yes. We talked about so many different things as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, let's approach. What was the biggest letdown for you for the 50th?
0: Vegas. Really? Yeah. I think uh, – uh, I'll say it. I think creation really blew it with Vegas 50th. Now, I know that there was – New York, yep. which took place later on that month, I believe, or September. I September. forget when it was. September. But I thought that Vegas is, has always been considered the biggest convention of the year for Star Trek. Uh, at least that's what I've come to believe, and by being there, I tend to agree with that. I've yep. been there twice now. I think it is. I think they really dropped the ball on this 50th anniversary celebration. I think that for the panels that we sat in on, the uh, on the on main in the main stage, it was more the same of what we've seen. Uh, I, they didn't do anything discovery related, which I thought was a travesty, regardless of whether CBS said you couldn't or not. I don't know why they wouldn't have something to do for discovery, uh, at this convention. Right. Um, and I think that as a result, don't get me wrong. I loved Vegas. I thought it was great. We get to see friends. We meet new friends. We do a lot of fun things. I think the convention aspect in the main room was extremely disappointing. Yeah,
1: it it was in a sense. I mean, it's always great to see our Star Trek family. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the friends we've we've known for years, or the the new friends we've made while we were there, or even our Continues family, because we do think of the Star Trek Continues folks as yes. as part of our Star Trek Absolutely. family. Yeah. It uh, it was so great to see all of those people and catch up and and to spend time with people we really only get to see once a year. That was the best part. Yes, but you're right. There there was a serious. Ball dropping of sorts. Yes. Um, for me, that, that sort of comes in at number two. <laughs> Ball dropping on New Year's Day. Like, yeah. Funny. Thank you. <laughs> um, for me, that was kind of takes a second position to the almost lack of response from CBS, the Tiffany Network,
0: on television. Oh, and, and have, yes. On television. Absolutely. Oh, that's so within point. the last
1: couple of months, yes. we've seen restored versions of Isle of Lucy. Mm-hmm colorized versions of I Love Lucy at the Dick Van Dyke, Dyke show, show yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They could have shown the man trap on, yeah. on September 8th yep. at 8 or 8.30 or whatever it mm-hmm. was in its entirety for that hour, made it a spectacle, mm-hmm. maybe taken two hours to show the thing with interviews and retrospective or whatever, and really sort of said, you know what? Star Trek is a crown jewel of, of CBS. You know, let's celebrate the 50th. Let's air the man trap. Yeah. You know, pay whatever royalties you have to pay. No. And if you, know, you got to cut a point. check to Shatner or to the Nimoy estate or the D. Kelly estate or whatever, cut the check.
0: Yeah. They Let's,
1: got the money. They got <laughs> the money. Plus, they could have used it as a great advertising platform for, for Star Trek Discovery
0: and CBS and All Access. And CBS All Access. Yes, absolutely. I
1: felt that as much as CBS put out some great products for the 50th anniversary, I feel like the television network
0: dropped the ball. Okay. Big time. All right. Do you think that I don't know this is going to sound weird. It just popped into my head so I don't know if I'm going to word it correctly. The probably original not. series was 50 years ago. Yeah. I've heard so many people talking lately whether it be on other podcasts or just casual conversation where they think of TNG first for Trek because probably the age difference. Do you think that maybe the 30th is more in their mind a bigger anniversary for television? No. Okay. Because I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do anything with
1: that. Okay. You know, there's, no, there's no special logo for TNG 30, no. not the way there was for the 50th no. anniversary of Star Trek. When Deep Space not Nine yet. 20 happened or when Voyager nothing nothing. 20 happened, yeah. there was essentially nothing. Right. I don't think that TNG 30 is going to be as big a draw at STLV, for example. Okay. I don't think we're going to have to worry about sellouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah, there were a lot of sellouts, too. You know, I, um, I think that they had a special moment there. They could have even found a way to cross-pollinate it with the movie universe. True. You know, because Beyond was scheduled to come out on a digital video not long after that. Exactly. You know, that there was a great marketing opportunity and say, "Hey, you love this Star Trek. Yep. Let's go back to the beginning," yeah. as so many people have done. Mm-hmm. As we know, people who have discovered the original series because they saw the Kelvin timeline movies first. True. Yeah, we've heard, yeah people have talked about it. Yep. We've got two examples on Trek Fifty. Our episode alone. Yes. Of people who came to Star Trek through the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. So I think for me, that was probably the biggest missed opportunity. Okay. I think Creation
0: did not do New York, correct?
1: Correct. That was a read
0: I got to wonder if Creation is kind of um, losing its step with the Trek conventions.
1: I think that they are focused on doing things the way they've always been done. And I think that's the problem. You know. Mix it up. I think they need to take some chances. I think yeah. they, they need to mix it up. They did do some really good stuff you know, in the main hall with the Women of Star Trek panel mm-hmm. and the Star Trek and Shakespeare panel, both of which Friends of ours were yes. on. Yep. Um, and I think they need to do more things like that. I thought the Roddenberry stage was I great. I think the
0: side stages were really good this year.
1: Yeah, and I think that they had more compelling content at times than the main yes. theater, which was always, all right, this person was in this episode. Well, yeah. it's great and all, but – if you've seen these people for years and years and years, mm-hmm. you're not to take anything away from them, it kind of is like, eh, all right, let's go see what else is happening. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, we we did. there were fun things happening on the other stages, mm-hmm.
0: things that fit the fans really seemed to love. And more interactive as well, which I think was important. Far more interactive. Match game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Match game. Trek FM had a, their own game contest yeah. of sorts, you know, which was, was fun. Yeah. You know, there was daily trivia contests. Right. There was, you name it. I think the, the – who knows? But uh, I'd like to see some kind of branching out of that this year. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see more content
0: driven by fans, and I think that that's what the Roddenberry stage did very well. Yes, I think I, – I agree very much. I w- I'm hoping for, again, this year being the 30th coming up, I'd like to see some of what the merchandise plan is if there is one. If there is I'm one. sure there must be. I've only seen one or two things so far that are not necessarily 30th anniversary related but are next gen. So we'll see what happens. Right.
1: I um I I don't know if they'll go overboard. Mm. You know TNG is is a different generation's Star Trek. Right. When it came out, we were 7
0: 18 uh, it 18.
1: 18. It actually premiered my birthday, my 18th birthday weekend. Ah. Um so you know, there were kids who were gro- grew up on TNG, you know, whereas we were like, eh. shut off that damn noise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about more about that next week. But um, aside from STLV, what was the best part of the
0: 50th anniversary for you and the merchandise? Um Those were the, the merchandise was my favorite. Um, Beyond has to be right up there, even though we already talked about it. It is. I consider that part of the 50th anniversary. It was planned, I think, from the beginning to have it released during the 50th anniversary year. Uh, so I thought that was good. Um, there's just so many, there's so many aspects of, of Trek during the past year. But I, I do selfishly also have to say it, it allowed us to have great conversations for for the entire year. And we got to um, we got to engage in some <laughs> we got to engage in some good conversations um, with a lot of great people uh so I mean, there's there's so many positive things to to talk about for the fiftieth anniversary.
1: I think it's only you know positioned fandom well for Star Trek's next era. Mm-hmm. I think that it's generated a lot of excitement for discovery. I think it's generated a lot of excitement for more Star Trek in general um you've seen you know new. Well the T N G mirror comic book is gonna be interesting. The new some of the novels that are coming Mm -hmm. out, you know, which are always amazing, look even more amazing. Yes. I think that it's rekindled a lot of things for fans. As, you know, in the last year I'd say our our love for T O S has probably been refired. Absolutely.
0: Oh I'll say absolutely has been. Yep.
1: And I I think that it's made me go back and watch a lot more T O S. Whereas before I would maybe default to D S nine or next gen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I look forward to how the universe grows. I look forward to look forward to more fans. Yeah. I look forward to talking about new track. Yes. And I think that that's the biggest part of the 50th anniversary for me.
0: The new track aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the, yeah, absolutely.
1: Because we're just on the cusp of that now. Yep. It's like you said earlier in the episode, shooting starts this month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're going to talk about new storylines and new characters and be able to be at the, the forefront as fans. Mm-hmm. On this new stuff coming at us. We're
0: going to be seeing it for the first time along with everybody else. And we haven't been able to say that before. I know.
1: Yeah. For at least 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by the time Discovery
0: airs. Right. That's pretty cool. 12 years. Yeah.
1: So it's uh, it's it's been a great 50th anniversary year. It's been a year that I will always remember for its highs and its lows. Mm-hmm. You know, from, you know, uh, watching the man trap in... Uh, as a group watch oh, yeah. <laughs> with uh, with with some of our Trek geeks listeners online, <laughs> funny. to you know some of the lows, yeah, you know, with the passing of Anton, Anton and and things along those lines, it's it's been a year to reflect. It's been a year to be excited about Star Trek again, mm-hmm. and you know, I I think that 2017 is just we're just getting started in the final frontier,
0: right? You it's going to be a fun journey.
1: It is. Dan, what's always a fun journey is listening to all of the albums of our friends, Five-Year Mission. It's 2017. That means we could see year four Mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know they've been rehearsing songs. I know they've been playing songs right and left, but uh, our friends, the band Five-Year Mission, they provide all of the music you hear on Mm. Trek Geeks. We can't possibly thank them enough. No. They are so great to us. Oh, you. (laughs) Well, they're great to me. (laughs) Because I'm a de facto member of the band, <laughs> whether it's honorary or not, and uh, we we love their music and we do truly
0: listen to it all the time. We do. We love them. We love every single uh, member of the band. I cannot wait for the next one to come out. The next album is going to be fantastic. They have been dropping hints, so we know that it's uh, it's in the works. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the other thing I like about Five Year Mission, Bob, oh god, is uh, you know it's a new year, so. People have been saying I've been, you know, dropping the ball a little bit, not on my game as much.
1: That's true. You, your game has actually sucked.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, I appreciate that, ex post Factor member or whatever the hell you said a minute ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I, was, I decided to branch out a little bit to start the new year and not just watch TOS or TNG or whatever. So I was watching an episode of Voyager, season one Voyager of the special edition that I have. Do you hate yourself? A little bit. A little bit. You know, Tom Paris was convicted of murder. On an alien world in this particular episode, and his punishment was to witness all of Dan's farcisms every 14 hours. Ugh. Ugh. Ex post-Farkto. Oh, my God. <laughs> Check it out. It's a little scary. Uh, I am <laughs> terrified
1: right now. <laughs> Ex post-Farkto. Yeah. Uh, on so Blu-ray, right, it's great. So, translated <laughs> from Latin, Latin, would that be after the Fark? <laughs> Whatever you want, man. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Ugh. yeah. I, uh, how long did you stay up thinking of that one?
0: Just a couple of hours, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do you
1: do you always write these down? This is the first time you and I have recorded an actual episode
0: yes. in full length. Do you always? I, I you have got a, notes in front of you. I have a spreadsheet on by Google Drive. Of my farcisms. You, you do not. I do. <laughs> I will show. No, I, I shouldn't. I'm sorry. Not a spreadsheet. A table with all my farcisms. Yes, I write them all up. That's fantastic. even writing them up. They're still as bad as people say they are, so I'm not doing something right. Oh, they're they're horrid. Uh, Dan, we want to remind people that uh, they
1: can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Yes. As well as a variety of other places, but we're hoping that people leave us a review on iTunes so that other folks can discover the show. And, Bill, don't be a bore. (laughs) So we got an email, (laughs) and somebody went out of their way to email us. And say that uh, the podcast was okay, but that Dan Davidson guy really is a bore. And that you're terrible. I'm I'm paraphrasing. That's all right.
0: That's all right. I am a bore.
1: And you're terrible. I am. I mean, that's my word.
0: But I'm not a hater or a drama queen. No, well, I don't know about that. You got the crown and the necklace for that. (laughs) That's
1: true. So we hope everybody heads out to – TrekGeeks.com slash iTunes. I think we have, we're have we going to announce next week the winner of the most recent review period. Mm-hmm. That'll get them a $25 Amazon.com gift card or the equivalent in whatever country they're in and their Amazon. Yes. But so we've got one more review period mm-hmm. for somebody to win 25 bucks,
0: And it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. If I'm, if I'm a bore, tell me I'm a bore, and you could win $25. You're a bore. You win $25. <laughs> oh,
1: so today, I want to uh, well, People will hear that coming up, what I want today. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, com slash iTunes. Um, it's amazing. I closed my iPad, and of course, I got my notes for the show. on Next there. week. Next, next week, Dan.
0: Yeah. Huh. Why don't you uh, tell us what we got coming up? Well, we've talked about it a little bit today, and uh, it's the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. So, wow. why not kick off the year after our year-in-review episode with TNG 30. So that's what we're going to do. That is. We're going to talk about a lot of TNG this year. Uh, I think we're going to try to focus
1: one episode a month heavy on TNG at least.
0: I'm not going to use any contractions during any episode.
1: It's TNG related. (laughs) We'll use your arms too. Yeah, I will have to. First couple of seasons, Data like doesn't walk through his arms. <laughs> have you noticed that? <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to knock out all of the theater skippets for TNG this yeah, year. I think that we can do that. I think we absolutely can. We'll have some special guests helping us with it, and it's going to be a great year. I look forward to it. We're going to talk about Encounter at Farpoint in September for the 30th anniversary, exactly. much like we did for the Man Trap mm-hmm. on the 50th. So there's a lot to come this year. Good stuff. Good stuff.
0: And it's, with, it's good stuff because it's with you, pal.
1: <sighs> <laughs> see, now I can see your face. I I know that you don't believe a word of that. I going to say it. yeah we want to remind everybody for more great Star Trek discussions, please visit our friends at the Tricorder Transmissions online at thetricordertransmissions.com. They've got like a bajillion shows over there. There's Shore Leave. Virginia. There's the Flagship Show. They do Gold Key Comics. They do the Atavacron series. Four. They... But That's a that's a bajillion. Okay. There's more. There's more. If you head on out to the thetricordertransmissions.com once point. in a while, you would know that.
0: I, I know that. Do you? I. Apparently you don't. Uh, they have a five-year mission podcast. And they do. <laughs> what are
1: What are little songs made of? <laughs> Taking a look at all of the songs on their albums. There you go. The, and the impetus behind them. Impetus. I know. I like that. That's different from impotence, which... <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, of course, for all the latest news on everything Star Trek in this upcoming year, we hope you'll head on over to treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 88 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long
0: and prosper in this new year. You too. And this one's for Paul. You saw no tinker, you greater than the Gungans? Me like this. Maybe we sa being... coconut. Oh. <laughs> How's the mic on that one? That's, he blew that level away. <laughs>
1: Okay, we're recording. <laughs> do you want to do this now? Okay. So it's it's gift exchange time. It is. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're a little late. Yeah. But we knew we were getting together today. <laughs> this is the actually the first time we've recorded together in the same room not in Vegas.
0: Right. Well, Vegas is more of a hey, this is what we're doing today thing. This is this is a real podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, well. It's the, you and me, so I don't know that I call it a real podcast. This is
0: a, this is an official numbered trek geeks thing episode i think it's called an episode <laughs> an episode but yeah this is kind of cool so i'll uh, i'll let you go first okay um and good luck getting into it all right and i like the lego paper folks it's a lego paper and it's got tape over every freaking <laughs> inch of this thing not just tape it's packing it's got tape. packing tape is this a joke <laughs>
1: Would that constitute gonna a joke? To, I'm going to have to bite it. <laughs> so, this bite this, this, please. One time uh, for Christmas, my wife and I got my sister a, a Keurig coffee maker. And we decided to make it as tough to open as humanly possible. So my wife went through two rolls of packing tape, oh my wrapping God. the entire box, including the handle. Because the handle had the yes. Keurig logo on it. Yes. And so when wrapping this last night, I said, oh, I'm going to make this a challenge.
0: So... What's that? A pen. <laughs> so I can gonna,
1: stab you. Are you it? gonna stab me in the neck? <laughs>
0: that's um, not gonna work. Is there one spot that's like hidden? Maybe. Okay.
1: And it is somewhat fragile. So well, don't uh conan that thing off the bulkhead. Well, it's
0: gonna happen in a minute. Off the bulkhead. <laughs> do you wanna start yours while I'm doing this? Because this could take a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do that. While you do yours. To see mine's wrapped in well. a jerk like you
1: are. Wow. So let me ask you this. <laughs> okay. If that weren't wrapped like, you know, it was gonna survive a flood. Would you rip the wrapping paper off, or are you the kind of person um, no, that I'm not, tears I'm, it off
0: neatly? I'm, I'm, a, neatly, I'm a neat terror. Are you really? Yeah, and for uh, up until recently, I was a, oh, I think this is a blank, and it drives my wife nuts. Really? So I haven't done it for a couple of years. Do you do your own ribbon? Because I noticed yes. my
1: package has some lovely Santa Claus wrapping paper, which I really think is cool, and ribbon. So I know yes. you iron your own underwear, you also do your own ribbon. Yes. Okay. Yep, and you we just do. admitted to ironing your own underwear.
0: Uh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> Dan is going to look for some scissors. i got a screwdriver A right screwdriver? screwdriver. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we thought it'd be kind of cool to gift exchange uh, on the podcast, because uh, you're a special, special kind of guy. <laughs> it's jerk? Is that what you're gonna I, say? I, I, you are going to say? I can't tell if there was or not.
1: Your ribbon was very nicely go. done, by the way. Well, I appreciate that.
0: Sue taught me how to wrap nicely. Hey, I got it. There we go. <laughs> I'm a terror. You're a jerk, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can hear the paper unfolding. No, no way. Oh, boy. He got his first. I told Holy you would. Holy crap. Dan got me the
1: official Star Trek Bluetooth communicator... TOS style. Dude, this is awesome. Thank you
0: so much. Dude, it is my pleasure. You have done so much for the podcast, and that's just one way of me telling you that uh, you are the executive producer. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm an official communicator. You do. Oh, dude, this is amazing. Thank you. Hey, it is my pleasure. I hope you enjoy it. I have played with uh, Dana, a friend of work, who uh, let me try his out. It's very cool. I think you're going to enjoy it. I am sure I will. If you ever get that open, I hope you enjoy that. I'm trying to not break it but I'm gonna crush it over your face in about two seconds. I got the okay folks, just to let you know, I've got one corner open so far. And one I didn't corner. just
1: put one layer of wrapping paper on. No.
0: I wrapped didn't. it several times. You didn't. You're wow. Okay, I wanna take that communicator back, I think. Uh, it's too late now, it's mine. <laughs> All right, I'm getting close. There we go. You can hear the Packing tape is really going out now. Okay, it is the. Okay, now it is the box. I have the box. There might be tape on the lid. I didn't want the box to come open. Just rip the box. I'm ripping the box. I'm not even going to worry about it. All right, what is this here? This is. And there's bubble wrap. What is this? This There's bubble wrap as well. Oh my goodness. It is the. This is from Roddenberry.com, correct? Yeah, yeah, it is. This is the Roddenberry.com Star Trek watch. The face is the saucer section, and the band is the warp nacelle painting scheme. That is freaking awesome, man! I got myself a new watch, people, so I can tell I was, you when I'm going to be late. I was given the same thing. There you go, by my wife. There you go, nice. So I haven't. We can be wrist buddies. I know we're <laughs> wrist buddies. I haven't told
1: hashtag wrist buddy. I haven't told people about this because I didn't want you to see that and go, oh, oh nice, and order it yourself yep. because I know you've done that with other things. I
0: have. I actually was. Uh, if you remember, when we were out in Vegas and we did the match game, yeah, yeah, the girl who won won a watch. Oh, did she? And I was unsure what the watch was like or the cost or whatnot, so I actually was communicating with our friend John Champion, and uh, he told me all about it and sent me a link, and it was something I was looking at, but nice. I didn't pull the
1: trigger. Well, uh, the backing, you'll notice, is totally taken up with space. I mean, they've, yep. there's names, there's model numbers. Yep. It was my hope to get it engraved, but... I wanted to give you something special oh, for the 50th awesome, anniversary man. year of Trek. We both have a vast love for TOS. Yep. And, you know, every time, hopefully, you put that on, you'll, you'll know how much the podcast and you mean to me and how much I value your, your brotherhood
0: over the years. Well, thanks, man. I feel exactly the same way. And whenever you're flipping that communicator on to call me to tell me what a jerk I am, I hope you'll uh, remember that. <laughs> Spock, I think Dan's a jerk. It works great. So uh, yeah, thanks, man. That
1: is awesome. That's beautiful. I oh my god, my wife. I can't believe my wife kept it secret. The
0: casing for that is ama- is amazing.
1: I mean, no, I can't believe she kept it secret. But she's been. I'm sure she's dying to
0: tell me. I'll tell oh, you what. Even got a holster? Oh yeah, they're being wheeled down the corridor, and he goes. You know what's gonna happen? He's gonna pop out and go. I'm James D. Kirk of Starship <laughs> Enterprise. My dad impersonated <laughs> William Shatner, and it was a little scary. <laughs> I'm trying to picture him doing that. That's a riot. <laughs> so yeah. So there you go. Thanks, man.
1: This is great. Thank you, buddy. Happy New Year, and here's to the best in 2017. You you got it. Absolutely.